I'm in no mood for Monday. Two U.S. pilots in trouble arrested for suspected intoxication just as they were about to fly passengers from Scotland to the U.S. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. Showtime! It's episode number 17 of the Dave and Dave Handball and Sports Radio Cast called The Cheap Seats. My name is Dave Vincent alongside Dave Fink. We have Abraham Montijo here on a Monday. It's going to be good. We're going to recap Salt Lake City and the Players' Championship, the Senior 40-plus, the Women's Pro, the Elite Men, the Qualifiers, Big Ball Divisions. We're also going to forecast what's coming up here in the next couple weeks when Dave Chapman is going to return to handball, playing in the WPH Outdoor Big Ball Cup Series. Going to be at Las Vegas at the Stratosphere. We'll chat about that. We'll have stand-up hilarity, celebrity birthdays. But first, it's the headlines. Billionaire, media mogul, and CEO of 21st Century Fox, Rupert Murdoch, has announced his engagement to former supermodel Jerry Hall. Because as Fox News has shown us, Murdoch believes evil is best hidden behind attractive blonde women. (laughs) (laughs) Smugglers hid 2,500 pounds of marijuana in carrots that was found at the Mexican-U.S. border recently. Officials became suspicious when healthy food was being allowed in America. (laughs) Four new elements have been added to the periodic table. You know, the scientific chart of the elements. They are B-O-R-I- NG. <laughs> Serena Williams is back ranked at number one on the WTA tour, or should we say number one and a half? That's right. Serena Williams announced she's pregnant and will suspend all tournaments for the rest of the year. Another sporting news Earnhardt Jr. will retire at the end of 2017. Uh, You know, I think he's just tired of spinning his wheels and going in circles. (laughs) According to Coffeelicious.com website, a California man gave up using toilet paper for one whole month to experience minimalism. He opted to take showers instead, he said. You know, I congratulate the guy, but I don't want to shake his hand. (laughs) (laughs) McDonald's tweets then quickly removes the gym. Here it is. At real Donald Trump. You are actually a disgusting excuse for a president, and we would love to have at Barack Obama back. Also, you have tiny hands. The tweet was published and and then pinned at the top of McDonald's Twitter account page before it was deleted about 20 minutes later. It's unclear who sent this tweet slamming Trump, but about an hour later, McDonald's retweeted saying that Twitter notified us that our account was compromised. We deleted the tweet, secured our account, and are now investigating this. <laughs> we have more coming up. It's the Dave and Dave Handball and Sports Radio Cast next here on TuneIn Radio and iTunes. Stick with it. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, iTunes, and TuneIn Radio. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation whose goal is to grow the sport through innovation. WPH Live TV is partnered with ESPN for the current professional handball tour and has aired more than 100 matches over the past three years on ESPN networks. Junior WPH is the youth and young adult development wing of the foundation that performs over 2,000 individual and group clinics per year around the globe. WPH Outdoor runs the Outdoor Professional Handball Tour and has organized high-profile major events since the inaugural 2010 season. To get plugged into all the news, information, and updates, or to give a tax-deductible gift or donation, go to www.wphlive.tv or email info at wph 
WPHlive.tv. Get connected with Facebook, Twitter, Google+, TuneIn Radio, and now iTunes. Want to listen from your smartphone? Download the iTunes podcast in the App Store or on the TuneIn Radio mobile app. Search Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast and share. WPH Live Internet Radio. They talk sports. They talk handball. Tell a friend. Tune in radio and now iTunes. The Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast is live now. Yeah, we're live. It's a Monday. This seems to be like our day. I don't know why, but we have Abraham Montijo in the house. It's what we do best is bring outside guests in so we can discuss episode number 17 with Dave Vincent, Dave Fink, and now Abraham Montijo. Is in the hizzy. Abe, you're the executive director of the Fred Lewis Foundation. We didn't mention that last time, and I really kind of kicked myself later, but talk about what your program does here in Tucson, Arizona, and around the globe. Well, we just promote youth handball. I mean, that's what we do. We want to just keep expanding the game. There definitely aren't enough young kids playing handball from around the country, so that's what we're trying to do. We want to keep the game going for a future generation, so... You know, we get kids from uh, currently the Parks and Rec Department through a summer program, which is about to kick off in June. Uh, I try to get some of the guys hired, some of the guys that are 16 and older, to, uh, you know, as a way of giving back. They get hired through the city, they make a little money, and at the same time, they learn what it means to, to be a coach and be a mentor for some of these up-and-coming kids that were in their shoes in the past. So um, that's what we do. We promote the game, try to teach kids lessons, you know, life experiences, and show them things that they would have never experienced without handball, such as traveling and and other such uh, endeavors. Well, we were at, Dave, you were there too, at right. the auction mm-hmm. that was up at the uh, Ventena Golf Course, and it was a dinner. It was fun. It had a lot of people. You were up there speaking, and I, it dawned on me at that moment that you were given a speech that you were exactly in the same shoes that these young adults were in just years ago, and now you're like living it. From the other perspective, where you're the coach, you're the mentor, uh, you've gone through it. So you've been through the whole system. Yeah, time flies, actually. It's been 14 years since I started playing handball. I'm 28 now. I started at 14. You know, the people that were at that bank with the kids there were anywhere between, uh, well, the youngest one, Aiden, was 10, and the oldest one was Carlos at 19. So, you know, we had a wide range of ages. But so you have a lot cool. to like reflect on and your experience is so easy for them to tap into. Like you have so much stuff that you've lived that you know exactly what they're going through. And that could be struggles of growing up on the South side or just, you know, uh, struggles that going to, to school and how yeah, to deal with siblings yeah, and things that are outside of the handball absolutely. court. You're there for them, right? Yeah, you could definitely relate. You're de- de- definitely there for, to, uh, you know, lend a hand when you need to. But at the same time, you can't forget that everybody is their own individual person. Just because you did it doesn't mean that they're going to do it as well. We're all our own unique people. So it helps to be from that area, so to speak, and to share some of their heritage and their upbringing. But at the same time, we are different people, different upbringing. So it's just good to be there to support them. And then the general idea of, of this whole program is just to, to make good citizens out of these guys. I mean, guys and girls, we don't want any troublemakers growing up. We want some people to learn how to be good, respectful human beings. Well, Dave, I know you know this, and we see this every day here in Tucson. Abe, you're such an incredible role model to these kids and such a great ambassador to the sport. I don't think I've ever seen someone love the game as much as you. You love playing it. You love coaching it. You love inspiring new players. You love just being around it, and it's it's infectious. And I know that that's a big reason why you've attracted so many great kids to the game, and it's a great credit to you and, and what you're doing to see you know such an amazing junior program here in Tucson. 
So congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate I, it. I think we should put our hands together for Abraham. This is a hands together moment. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, gentlemen. Nobody in the background? Back? Nobody? Okay. Well, that was uh, We did it. We put our hands together <laughs> oh, for you. you. That's all that matters. If somebody was going to contact you, let's say to make a donation or even tap your mind about coaching or how to deal with the youth startup programs, how do they get a hold of you? Well, email is the easiest way. A lot of people have me on Facebook, but if you don't have me on Facebook, my email is pretty simple. It's my first name dot my last name at gmail.com. That is abraham.montijo at gmail.com. That's how you get a hold of me, if not through Facebook. And funny you mentioned that we were in Phoenix uh, last month to do a little high school tournament. We took some kids up there. First ever big ball tournament at ASU for some brand new players. It was awesome. You know, we got to play with some of the high school kids there in the Phoenix area with Jim Reitmeyer, um, ASU coach Dan Williford. So that was that was a really cool experience. Got to be in the court with some of these big ball players, teach them some small ball. You know, and it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, time just flies when you're having a good time with these guys. And I think, Abe, you mentioned Dan Williford, who's doing amazing things up there in Phoenix. I think you're an inspiration to him. He's probably twice your age, but yet you're inspiring people like Dan to go out in their local communities. He's in Phoenix, and he's got a great thing going there at the university and also in the high schools, like you said. Oh, he's got a ton of energy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's doing great work up there, fantastic work. He's got a good personality for the college kids, Yeah, you know, such as I have with some of the younger generations, mm-hmm. but... He's got a really good temperament for these college students. I mean, he's awesome. Does and, a lot of good work. And Abe, you'll be going to the Canadian Nationals where we've just been informed that you're going to be helping Ryan Bowler coach a great clinic up there, a junior clinic at the Canadian Nationals. So we're going to look forward to that. You're going to be playing in that as well as coaching a clinic there and having a, a really good time in Winnipeg. And that's an, an amazing event. I don't know if you've been to it before. No, but I've actually never been to oh, Canada. Okay. So this will be the first oh, cool. time I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll have a great time. Uh, brand new experience. It's always fun. Yeah, you'll have a very good time there. That's going to be a lot of fun for you. Yeah. you. You travel probably to more tournaments, I would say, than I would put you in the top five or ten, uh, actually maybe top three of anybody that plays handball. I think in the last eight months I'd be up there as far as traveling. I, I did a lot of traveling since, uh, oh boy, I think since September. So going on ten months, I think I've been to quite a few tournaments. Um, it helps not to be working consistently during that time. But, you know, it, but you're always working. I mean, you're... You've got a job early in the morning. You're working with the kids late at night, so I don't want to hear that. You're always working. <laughs> I'm hoping to get you to my tournament in July, the WPHRFC. It'd be great to have you there. We're going to have some good names there. But hopefully you can add that to your, your tournament Pittsburgh count. Pittsburgh is a place I've never been to either. So that's, and Dave will gotta, tell you. i got to check that Pittsburgh's off. A, Pittsburgh's list. a great city. No, it is. I, a lot of fun. Yeah, beautiful stadium. And Baseball we've got a great group. That, it is beautiful. Unfortunately, the Pirates are not in town during that weekend, but... We've got a great group from New York that's come the last three or four years. Stephen Cooney, Arthur Syed, James Flaherty, Jason Key, uh, Ryan Bowler comes from Canada and some of the other Canadian guys, and they really have that nightlife scoped out. I I know that you like to kind of stay in at night, but if you were intrigued, so intrigued to to go out and, and check out that scene, it is fun. Well, Abraham just likes to stay inside when it's a oh, work yeah. night. Oh, okay. We've yeah. already established that. You know, we want okay. to have business. In is the RFC before the Canadian National? I don't think no, so. No, it's July 8th and 9th. It's after. Canadian okay, Nationals so. is May 13th, July 8th is I think. my birthday. That'd be a good birthday. Oh, it'd be, actually, it's a great place. It's one of the best <laughs> tournaments I've been to, but... After spending time with Ryan Bowler one time in Canada, I can see where you might want to just pump your brakes on the RFC. <laughs> but I'm here to promote handball. Yeah. And speaking of which, let's look backwards, Okay. which we don't like to do here. No. We're always a forward, forward thinking. Oh, totally forward yeah. thinking. But we are going to look backwards just a little bit. Salt Lake City preview, or I should say recap. Now, we did preview it, all three of us, but we're going to have to like look back a little bit, some of the things that stuck out. Yeah. 
Just name one of those things that stuck out in your mind. Just one moment from the weekend. It could be on the quarter off, Abe. Number one for me was definitely Luis Cordova making the finals of the tournament. Mm, nice. Of the Players' Championship. Uh, in the preview, I called Luis the most improved player of the tour. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but all of a sudden he makes the finals. So I'm pretty happy about calling that one. <laughs> also know, I, called Mondo in the finals, though. I, well, preview. I said he was potentially the most dangerous, depending on you know okay. what Mondo showed yeah. up. But I do remember that stood out in my mind. I called Luis the most improved player on tour. And he go, goes on and makes the final. So that was pretty awesome to yeah. see. What Dave, if you had one, what just name? I know that we didn't discuss this earlier, yeah. but I mean. Well, the not? first thing that comes to my mind is Luis Cordova also, but for different reasons. Luis took me out in the semifinals in a match I really wanted to win. And, you know, the first game I had game point and it, it didn't work out for me. So that's the match that's going to kind of um, sting for the entire offseason. That's the match that's going to get me back on the court really soon just thinking about that so yeah Luis Cordova is my pick as well he took down two race freight number ones he played three number ones in the same event so neither of those things has ever happened before and you know I think back on Luis Cordova's season probably the most inconsistent with the most amazing highs and lows that we've ever seen from one player shut out at the U.S. Open he had sort of an injury very next tournament three weeks later he gets to the semifinals he goes to plumber and gets killed in the first round by Andy Nett, comes back and makes the semifinals in New York and then the finals in Salt Lake City. So he was all over the place, one of two players to lose in every round of the main draw this season. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was a great season. I've been predicting Luis Cordova into the top five and beyond for, you know, now five years since I've saw him, you know, during the race for eight one season. And I'm not surprised. He's, he's great. He's got amazing intensity and he's got a lot of heart. For me, I look at it and say there are two kind of moments that really stick out to me. One would be that Chris Watkins comeback right. against Dan Armijo. Just if you just happen to be sitting there and watching that one, that was pretty interesting. Once it got to about halftime and after that, it, it just it was just kind of a magical moment. Right. And then the other one was the Marco Chavez first game and, and then going into the second game match with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were up, I believe. 10 to 8, 12 to 8, and then end up losing to Marco Chavez. And a lot of shenanigans in that in that first game there, in, in that whole match. And then you guys hugged it out, which was totally not expected. And Abe, did you see the hug, or were you playing? I saw the, I was playing, as I was playing just about every hour in Salt Lake, but I did see the replay of that, and that was cute. Yeah, that was a neat, neat little hug, but you know, that was more two-dimensional. If you saw it from, you know, around the court the way it was, fans were really getting into it. Tournament sponsors and donors came up and even said, this is like the reason why we like having you guys here. Um, And I, you know, some people like that trauma. They like the drama. They like the conflict. Some people like that. Other people look at handball as being the gentleman's sport. It's supposed to be similar to golf where you don't play dirty and you go after people's knees and and, and sort of like we experienced a lot of that in that match. Yeah, I'm all uh, about I'm the drama sure. and, and that sort of thing, but there does come a point where you can cross the line. Well, I think that I... line was crossed. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of conflicted because I did like it. I mean, of course, I didn't want you to be hurt. I didn't want him to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I felt at one point it was during, I think, a timeout there where you guys came off the court and I kind of came around the table because I was thinking there was going to be a fist fight. I mean, and I'm that saying was actually, this, I think between games after he okay, won the between first games. Game. Yeah. And yeah. you guys were having words, which yeah. usually you, have, you take it off the court, Abe, and you just say, you know, to yourself, I lost. It's really up to me. You know, I, I didn't have been to a few lose. times this season where a couple guys take the words off the court. They've been, uh, 
There's been some very yeah. chatty conversations outside the court in between games and after games this season. We caught it on camera <laughs> and as much as we possibly could. But I really felt, you know, I started migrating out of from around the table thinking I was going to throw my headset off and jump in the middle. Yeah. So I got my, my talons out. It was kind okay. of fun, though. I mean, I, yeah. in that sense, it was like, this is pretty cool. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, you know, we have to maintain the sport. I say smile just a little bit. Yeah. You can smile now. I can see there's some sweat uh, coming up. I think up. so. <laughs> so I guess my favorite moments were really just the hug and the comeback from the Waddy Dog. Let's talk a little bit about Killian Carroll. We should talk a lot about him, but first two-time player champion. He said just how much that meant to him. He knows the stats and the history of the Rays Freight Tour. Better He's than you do, actually. Probably does. He's the first two-time champion, also won in consecutive years. Luis Cordova makes his first final in 32 race for eight starts. That's the second most race starts in history before making your first final. Killian Carroll clinches that year-end number one ranking. He had the number one ranking solo in the beginning of March when he won Houston. Then he was tied by myself and Moreno for first. He maintained that number one ranking. Now he has it undisputed. And he's I think a, he's going to have it for a while, just well, he's by got looking a, at how everything projects out. He's got a big lead, and remember, he didn't play in those second and third stops last year, so no points to defend there. Only six points to defend at the U.S. Open, which is a semifinal, so uh, he's guaranteed to be number one for at least uh, in into January or February. And there's least. only one guy in this whole room that actually plays Killian fairly well, and that, that happens to be Abraham. <laughs> yeah. You took him to a tiebreaker once. Once, once and it was a long time ago, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, but still. Three players from Tucson end the season in the top five. That's the first time that's ever happened. That's amazing. Yeah. So three guys at the same club who never play each other. are <laughs> Nor talk to each other, but talk about each other as much as they possibly can. Dave, let's jump into the women's race freight. It's all Katrina K- Casey. Yeah. Four straight women's race freight players championship. She's won 12 of 13 women's race freight events that she's entered. Defeating Martina McMahon in the second straight women's rate freight final. That was the first one being in New York. That was Martina's third final. She's lost all three to Katrina Casey. Katrina Casey outscoring her opponents 361 to 95 this season. That's four to one. Believe it or not, in previous seasons, Dave, she's had 4.2 to one. So this isn't even her greatest domination in history. But she does sweep the women's race freight season for the third time in four years. As I said, she's lost just one match. That was an 11-9 tiebreaker to Ashton Riley. We had the women's race freight round robin, two groups. Abe, I know you had a chance to check out a lot of that. What would you think of that format? Is that something you enjoyed watching? Would you like to see that maybe happen in men's or in the seniors? Um, you know what? I, I think it was really neat that we had these at least enough women to do this. Usually you don't have enough women to do double round robins. Usually it's like one round robin. Mm-hmm. You get five, six girls. So it was cool to have, you know, the double round robin. I did like the fact that I believe Sienna and um, uh, Martina played uh, two, two games, mm-hmm. right? They didn't yeah. do the one game to 21. Right. So I thought that was, you know, a good decision. I mean, they're very competitive, number two and three players in the world. And uh, I think they do deserve to play two, two out of three matches because you never know. One gets hot, you want to give the other one an opportunity to redeem themselves. So I did like the format. I did like the fact that, you know, we had the right players in the championship. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was, cool. it was cool. It worked out. Amy Albert, the women's race for eight, rookie of the year. She made her first start in New York, made a splash. She finished fourth in both of her starts. She lost to Sienna in the third place final. In New York, she lost to 
Martina McMahon. Yeah, and rightly so. I think yeah. she ends the season tied with Tracy Davis at number five. Yeah, that's, uh, that's also and, and they'll be they'll be tied from here on out, as I believe that that will go back and forth every time they play until a, Tracy decides to give hang it up. It up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great matchup. Those two. We've that's seen them play the twice. The best rivalry in handball. It's I, only I happened agree. like what twice. twice. Yeah. But both matches deep into the tiebreaker. Fifteen thirteen for Tracy in Idaho. Fifteen twelve for Amy in New York. Doesn't get any closer than yeah. that. Abe, do you have anybody that you play where it just seems like every time you get together, you know, maybe you win or he wins and it, it's back and forth? Or she. Or she. Well, it used to be Luis Cordova. It used to be yeah, a couple years ago. Lately, he's gotten the best of me. But, you know, I feel like every time I play him or his brother, we have close matches yeah. either way. And then uh, the other guy is um, Johnny Glacier lately. Mm-hmm. Every time we play, we end yeah. up playing some close matches as well. I remember that playoff match you and Jonathan had in Idaho. Yeah. So I think was... you scored, what, 24 points in a match of 17? Uh, so, uh, your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, so I just Oops. go by what I hear. A lot oh, okay. of chirping in the crowd. Senior Race 48, Dave. You've been a former finalist in the Senior Race 48. This year it was all Marco Chavez. Three titles and three starts. Only lost one game all season. That was that amazing first event where he came back to defeat Nadi Alvarado Jr. 11-10 in the tiebreaker. But he wins in Salt Lake City very easily. Well, Marcos was, he played uh, doubles at the U.S. Open. Yeah. And Nadi just played one way. Mm. I don't believe he played doubles this last year. So oh. Nadi played one way. So he, uh, Marcos already had some games underneath his belt. And I don't know if that really benefited him as he played in doubles there. Yeah. And then he goes and, and defeats in a very controversial ending against Nadi Alvarado. I, yeah. I actually think that he loses that. Nadi, yeah. Nadi would be going into Salt Lake City at ranked number one. Right. Had tied for number our referee. One. Right. Yeah. Right. So and yeah. that could have brought Nadi out of retirement. Right. Nonetheless, uh-huh. Marcos is tough to beat, and there was a moment there in the finals where Chris Watkins was doing some stuff and and. You know, you kind of got that feeling that maybe maybe there was some magic here, and that was what we were hoping for. But Marcos is just damn good. He's almost in the top eight right now at the age of 43. Yeah, he would be in the top eight had he, I think, won that match against Vic Perez in New York and done a little bit better in some of these playoffs. He had a great season, three times in the quarterfinals out of the qualifier spot. But he played differently in that final against Chris Watkins. He seemed to have so much respect for Chris that you saw no shenanigans, no kind of trash talking. He was very serious. And it seemed to kind of, uh, you know, stifle his play a little bit in the early goings. Yeah, yeah it seems I, like Marcos, right? Does he need to have sort of some controversy? In- might. I, I remember I ref that match in the finals, and it seemed like he started off pretty slow. You know, he, he didn't have any, any controversial um, calls, or, or he didn't really voice his opinion very much that, that game. Uh, maybe playing Chris had something to do with it. But I did see him start slow. He started steady. You know, he didn't make amazing shots until halfway through the right. game. And then at the end of the game, he just closed it out, yeah. you know, tired Chris out. But yeah, he did make a few handers to, to begin the game. And he was pretty calm. And but he stepped it up at the end like he, like, like he normally does. Well, I, th- I, I think he was really sore, too. The night before, he played you, Dave. Yeah. And that, I think that took a lot out of him. It took a lot out of me. I mean, well, I've I know never it, felt like that. Yeah, I, I think I think he came into that match saying, I'm just going to let this match warm me up because... Yeah. You know, we've been in that position, Abe, you played 11 matches in three days. And when you get to that 11th match, you're saying, you know, no matter what I do, I'm going to be sore. Yeah. So I'm just going to start playing and hopefully it all kind of, my endorphins kick in and all yeah, that stuff. you want to, hopefully the adrenaline kicks in and you're good to go the rest of the match. Yeah, it's tough. I think that's what happened to Marcos. What were you going to say? Uh, 
I think we'll just jump right into the season review. Do it. Seven stops in seven cities. We started in Southern California like we have a number of times at the Simple Green U.S. Open. We went from there to Minnesota, Idaho, New Orleans, Houston, New York, and then Salt Lake City. Abe, you went to six of those stops. Six of those stops were broadcast live on ESPN3. I'm going to put you on the spot again here, Abe. Your favorite stop and moment of the year. It doesn't have to be the same place. Oh, boy. Um, moment I can't say right now. Favorite stop has got to be <laughs> wait, Utah. Wait, wait, <laughs> hold on. No, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's go back. What do you mean you can't mention your favorite moment right now? Well, I, I don't know. I got, I got to think. Mixed company? Many, or? Many, no, too many great moments. No, no, too no. Too many no. great moments. All right, like, let's go just with tell the, us what stopped. Let's go with the city. Uh, Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, it's, it's my number one uh, out of all these. It was awesome. Good time. Uh, I love hanging out with the people there. It, I mean, I feel welcome. It's like my second home. Yeah. So Salt Lake City was number one. But you know what? Uh, Jake Plummer's Idaho. It was, it was a it was close fun. second. It was a lot yep. of fun as well. So definitely awesome. Awesome tournaments. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a great. Well, moment Dave has either. a moment because clearly you've got your moment if you're pressing Abe for That's his right. moment. He's no, I actually, I, I just wanted. To, I figured that Abe's moment was something that happened off the court. Mm. No, we, I just on. wanted to get into that just okay. a bit. No, I don't have a great <laughs> moment really. I never even thought about it. Mm. I, I just the hug to me at the end was was a great moment. Yeah, eh, doesn't make it the best stop. I'm just saying it was Good you know. Moment. But I felt a certain energy there in Salt Lake City. I, it just it seemed like it was like a major sporting event. And there was a moment when, you know, every single eye in the whole club is watching. That just has a certain feel to it that you're actually doing something that's right. You know, I've been to some stops where people are kind of aloof. There was a moment in New Orleans when the locals actually showed up and started watching. And that was a fun deal. I felt like that was, you know, a cool moment for us. And, and then, of course, if you look back to the U.S. Open... Uh, I think that naughty Marco Chavez match was kind of a, a moment, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, definitely for the wrong reasons. You hate to see a match end like that, you know, or a call end a match that should have been ended. I, I, I also felt that, you know, at Minnesota when when Mondo was just wreaking havoc on his side of the bracket and you were doing the same thing on your side, it's like we knew that there was going to be a huge clash there. Both of you guys were playing tremendous. I mean, if you watched... Marco, excuse me, Mondo and Dave Fink played just each one of their rounds and they were hitting pinpoint precision kill shots from all over the court. It was like putting on this total amazing uh, highlight fest. Yeah, did and you go, did It you was go, just amazing. Sorry, did you go any tiebreakers in that tournament, Dave? The final. Oh, yeah, the be, final with Mondo. That was the only tiebreaker of the yeah. day. I mean, you That's killed incredible. everybody that you played. I, I, I know that there were, that semifinal match was a little bit more tough, but just the earlier rounds... You and Mondo were just like a mirror image of each other. He he hit this one, you know, like spurt of 10 straight flat rollout kills. And I said, nobody can do better than that. I mean, you just yeah. can't do better than that. And then your match came up next, and you did better than that. Mm. I was like, wow, this is, you guys are on a collision course. So that was yeah. a moment for me, but it took, you know, it was a progression of a couple days. So that was pretty, that was pretty special there. Yeah. I well, liked it. And also just the ass kicking. I mean, total, total ass kicking that. Luis Moreno did on everybody in the field in Plum. Oh, yeah, that was tough. Was Two of those of are right here in the booth. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I'm sorry. I, didn't, no, I should it's have okay. like, toned that down a little bit for no, you guys. But no, he played unbelievable in, yeah. at Plum. Probably the Incredible. best performance really? out of any player this season. I would say so. It was just unreal. Yeah, I mean, Paul Brady was the only undefeated player this season, but he wasn't that dominant in no. at least three of his matches. You know, he was, he was pushed somewhat. 
particularly in that semifinal match and final. I mean, you know, he was he edged edged out Cordova Mondo and Carroll, Ortiz but, in Minnesota playing against Andy Nett. We right. thought that was going to be like a that was going to be a match, and it just yeah, no, really it wasn't. Didn't turn and out Andy Nett was playing great ball there. Yeah. Andy Nett coming in there as a qualifier takes out Iglesias, and then in the playoffs he beats. Daniel Cordova and Moreno. So you know he's playing great ball. But then he goes into into the main draw, into yeah. Mondo Ortiz, right. and he just gets shellacked right in front of a yeah. home crowd. So that, that was also a moment, again, not for the right reasons, but certainly a moment. Threes are wild. Killian Carroll wins the most titles on the Race for Eight Tour this year. Three, four finals appearances in five starts. Katrina Casey and Marco Chavez both go three for three this season on the women's Race for Eight and senior Race 48. Highest-ranked race freight pros by country. Abe, can you name them without looking down? I see you looking down, though. Too late. I already looked. <laughs> Calling someone else. You shouldn't do it. How many sorry, other people I, around sorry, here yeah, that, that read, aren't looking I, down I read right the now? Email. Sorry. I actually haven't looked. So. So Canada. I, I I purposely don't read anything that you write. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. No. Okay. So Canada, highest-ranking pro by country. And why don't you also throw in a little hint of how many? I know there's two at least. Um, for for each country. So if you okay, say Canada, we do have you say, two. We have two players ranked okay, so in Canada. Ryan Bowler, then uh, then it would be Michael Galton. Ireland, which I don't have it in front of me right now, but I believe it's seven. Seven players wow. ranked from Ireland. Okay, so Killian Carroll, obviously yes. number one. Do I have to do it in order? No, I didn't. I was just saying the highest rank, not all of them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, just Killian Carroll. This is easy. Mexico. Born in. Yes. Luis Moreno. Mm. Okay. Born in Hermosillo. Yeah. That's true. Sonora. Like currently residing. Sorry, what did you have written down on your paper? <laughs> I had the other Luis. <laughs> Believe Luis it or not, Cordova. Luis Moreno and Luis Cordova, the first two players to play one another in the semifinals that were both named Luis. No, first two players to appear in the semifinals with the name Luis at the same tournament both in New born, York. Both I didn't, that Mexico. didn't come out yeah, I right. Okay, I, I don't even ever, know where I am. Let's don't ever what do I'm that saying. again. That highest was... ranked player in the United States. The highest ranked U.S. player would be you. That's correct. Yeah. This is easy. From the 2015-2016 Race for 8-5 season to now, which is the end of the Race for 8-6 season, we have had one player drop out of the top eight. That's Paul Brady. And one player jump in, Luis Cordova. Luis Cordova always on the fringe. He finished last year number nine. Now after semifinal and final appearances in the last two events, he's up to number five. So that's kind of where we thought he would be when Big he was jump. a young kid. And even you, Abe, you know, you guys grew up in kind of the same class. And I think even you would have said, yeah, I think this guy's a future top five. And we've, I think we said it back when we did yeah. one of our very first live broadcasts back at Los Cab in like 2006, 2005-ish. We were talking about Luis Cordova back then. So, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised. Well, at 21 years old, he was ranked number seven. So you had to think at that point, well, yeah. clearly top five is in his sights. Probably right. top three. And he's the way the rankings work, his last two events, which are going to hold for the next 12 months, he's got a semifinal and a final. So he's right in the driver's seat to climb into that top four. Absolutely, top three. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Killian Carroll jumps from number four to number one from last season to this season. I jumped from number eight to number two. Luis Cordova from number nine to number five. So those are your biggest jumps within that top eight. But Luis Cordova is still the biggest jump. His, his was like seven? No, nine to five. Oh, nine to five. No, four. eight so to two yours, was yours the biggest. The big, yeah, you're, you had the biggest jump. This comes from you, Dave. The 2017 Players' Championship all won by C's. Yeah, the three C's at number one. That's right. Can you name them, Abraham? <laughs> 
Carol, Casey, <laughs> and Chavez. <laughs> the three C's. Sean Lenning's Ironman streak, 37 straight race events ended in New Orleans this year. So no one has played in every race event that he was the last guy standing. Had that shoulder injury and yet came back and still had a great season with one point, anywhere between 1.01 to 1.65 arms. Still had a great second half of the year after skipping New Orleans. I don't know how he does that. I mean, really a great second half. I think anybody would take the results that Sean Lenning had this year. In fact, he had a better season this year than he had last year. And that's with the uh, separated or fractured AC joint in his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And Abe, you've tried it. You've you've gone up against him a couple times in these tournaments, and it just hasn't fared well for you. What why what does he do that makes it so difficult? Well, he knows it's do or die when it comes to his right hand, so he's fe- playing very aggressively, which it normally does anyways. But it seems like his focus is a lot more pinpoint now that he's hurt. You know, he he knows that he has to execute a shot, and he's doing that uh, on almost every point. And his serve, especially in Houston, you guys were there in Houston. Yeah, yeah. He unbelievable. Just dismantled everybody. Everybody he played. Emmett, I mean, he ran into Killian. He ran out of gas. But Killian, you know, he's a different different player. Yeah. But, I mean, his serves were incredible. With uh, I remember, arm. Dave, you posting a video. I think he scored four points in 25 seconds against yeah. Iglesias. And it was even more than that. I just stopped video at that time. Yeah. But imagine, you know, just rolling it further. Now you know why Iglesias got his bag and exited the court and didn't come back until 1 o'clock the next day. I don't blame him. I mean... I think he came back once he found out that Emmett lost as well later that evening. <laughs> because <laughs> once that He'll happened, he was like, ah, okay, I'll come back again. I wasn't going to show my face ever again, but I yeah. will now. First three-way tie in history for the number one ranking. That was in mid-March on the Race for Eight Tour. Paul Brady became the sixth qualifier to reach a Race for Eight final and the first quali- qualifier to ever win one. So you're talking about more than 1,000 players to have entered that qualifier. Six have made the final. One has won a title. Can't be surprised that it's Paul Brady. The only surprise is he was in a qualifier, yeah. but he hadn't played all season. But so. he was so close to not being in that qualifier. I mean, he was like one spot away from being announced in. And if he would have played at any other stop this year, he would have been announced in. Right. Luis Moreno became the second 10-time Race for 8 champion this season. We talked about that amazing performance he had at Plummer. It's amazing he only won one this year, playing as well as he did at Plummer. But he ran into Killian three stops in a row after that. Wasn't able to get over that Carroll Hump. Yeah, I thought that in New Orleans, you sat there courtside and watched that Abraham. Yeah, that was I thought he was going to beat him. One of the best matches of, of, the, of the whole season, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, you know, you just ran out of gas. It's interesting because you look at the tiebreaker, Luis Moreno against Carroll in New Orleans. Moreno led 8-4. to four. Seemed like he was in control after he dropped that second game pretty quickly. He missed that easy shot with his left hand at about the short line, and I circled it. Didn't score another point. Lost 15-8. to eight. Fast forward to the Players' Championship. Luis Moreno, after, or Luis Cordova, after getting blown out in that second game, 15-0, to takes a 6-2 to lead in the tiebreaker. And you were seeing the momentum shift there. He missed an easy shot with his right, never scored again. Killian Carroll takes those errors, 13 straight points to close out the season against Moreno in New Orleans in the semifinals. It was 11 straight points. Hey, I really like the fact that after that match was over, I'm interrupting and yeah. changing the subject like I do. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's, no, my, no, that's what my wife says, yeah. my family as well. Uh-huh. I mean, it's... It's something I'm I'm absolutely not going to work on. Yeah. But did you notice that that Killian just changed every after that match was over? He was like snapped the fingers and he was jovial. He was having people sign his poster. He was running oh, around, yeah. smile on his face. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you expect from a competitor anyway. But I just wanted to bring it up that I saw it, noticed it, loved okay. it, liked it. 
Killian was very social after after that win. He's and getting it was, better. I was I loved it. He's getting a lot better as the seasons go on. Uh, he's starting to loosen up a little bit, drop his guard, which understand is nice to the see. way that things are done, well, and he really Amer- embraced that win. The American I, I, way. Right. I think sometimes when you when you win, you know, and you're really going after something that you really want, it's a huge relief. And I think he opened up the floodgates just a little bit. Well, you have to realize about Killian Carroll, he's playing with long-term goals in mind. He doesn't just have the goal of, I want to win this match. He wants to win the Players' Championship. He wants to be number one. He wants to be the first to win two. So he's got these long-term goals in his mind. So when he accomplishes that, then he can let his guard down. It's different than just winning Houston. You yeah, know, no, I the, agree. I agree. So th- I think that's why you saw it. But just to get back to that scoring streak, talking to John Bike, Hall of Famer, your broadcast partner in Salt Lake oh, City. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know him. You make an error against a regular pro, it's going to cost you about three straight points. You make an error against Killian Carroll, it's going to cost you ten or more. And that we've seen that. Uh-huh. You know, you just can't afford to put the ball on the ground against somebody like Killian Carroll. That's true. I think that's about it. What were you going to say, Abe, when I cut you off? Well, just going back to Killian's comeback, tiebreaker comebacks, I believe in the Orioles the final. I think you had him as well, right? I didn't want to bring it up, but you brought two up, so I had it. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm not here as a hater or anything, but that that was. I don't know what the score was. It was 15 to 2, 11 to 5. So. Yeah. so you were there. You 12 9. You had a lead 12 tonight. I see that Dave has that actually, those numbers tattooed on his calf. Is that just I was for also up 12 9. Yeah, 12 9 in the third game. No, 12 9 in the second game. Oh. Third game, I got down 9 to 3 and tied the score at 9. And then that was the first time in the season I got tired at 9 9. But that's not why I lost. He was playing too good. So, yeah. mistakes I made. Not, Awkward moment here in the broadcast yeah. booth. Not keeping my composure between games. I remember. Abe yelling to you that I missed that right hand backwell shot after I lost that second game. I should have been focusing on the next game. Instead, I'm worried about a shot I missed 20 minutes ago. I should have just coached you into like not missing. Hey, well, that we'll get to coach oh, you a little oh, bit later. Are we what? wrapping this up? Because we could do an, another segment after the break. We are going to quickly talk about the schedule for next season, Dave, which I think is official. I think we should just do that after the break. Let's do it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. It's episode number 17. We have stand-up hilarity now, and then we'll come out and talk about next year next. I was watching that movie Annie Hall on TV the other day. My girlfriend came home. She's complaining about her office drama. I'm tuning her out because the movie's on. She got mad. She's like, are you ignoring me for Annie Hall? I was like, I'm sorry. Was your story nominated for seven Academy Awards? (laughs) Not even costume design. (laughs) We got into an argument about Caitlyn Jenner. And I get it. Look, people were insensitive in the transition process. You know, people were like, what the hell? And then she became a woman. A lot of those same people were like, she's very pretty. (laughs) That leads me to believe I got my eyebrows done. My friends would be like, you're a wuss. But if I became a woman, they'd be like, you're very brave. (laughs) She's like, you don't get it. You're a straight white man. Caitlyn had it hard. Has she? (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner has never worked a job in her life. She's been coasting off of Bruce's success her entire existence. This is Real Radio. We talk sports. Now on iTunes, the Dave and Dave Sportscast is live. I'm a loser. I am a showman. You come off a bit cocky. I know, and I've grown to accept that. Turn on iTunes, tune in radio, and the Dave and Dave Handball Sportscast on WPH Live TV. It is episode number 17. I like to call it Epi 17, but that sounds like a drug reference. So I had to kind of like get that out of the verbiage. But you used it anyway. I did. I, yeah. I still like it. It just sounds druggy, like Epi. 
We ran out of time before the break, Dave, but let's quickly talk about next season's Raise for Eight stops. Abe, we're going to be returning to, or actually going to one of your, I would say, adopted hometowns in Montana. So we're just going to jump to stop number two and just skip number one. That's actually number three. three. We'll start at the U.S. Open, like we normally do. Uh U.S. Open will be the seventh. Well, I don't know what these stops are, so I'm just, this is my first time listening (laughs) to this. Tucson, back on the schedule in November. They love having us here in Tucson. And they oh, didn't yeah. get to have us last year, so you know that the excitement's going to be even double. Two times we, as much. Two times. Yep, Red Death in Montana. Abe, you've gone there the last couple of years. They love you there. They love top handball there. I know you're excited about heading back there. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be beautiful there in Missoula. Las Vegas for the Royal Flush. I'm not going to go through the whole title because we don't have that much time, but <laughs> it's honoring Bob Harris, the three-wall ball. Last year, Abe, you played in it this year. It wasn't an official stop, but next year it will be an official stop. Back to Houston in March, which we've been to now. That'll be six straight years in Houston. The New York Athletic Club in April, a little bit later this year. The weather will be a little bit nicer, presumably. That means it'll only be minus 16 instead of the normal minus 11. And then Salt Lake City, the championship, will um, will close out the season. And they're they're so looking forward to it. They've already made the entry form for next year. Wow. So, okay. That's going to be a lot of fun. I believe that New York is actually going to be a men's stop this year for the senior guys. Oh. So we'll see. And they're going to start early in the, in, in the week, so we'll see what happens there. But you didn't, ju- you didn't just say it correctly, Dave. Mm. We have two new stops this year. Right. One in February, which is going to be Las Vegas. And the other one is in January, which is one of Abraham Montijo's cakes that he has well we sent abraham to scout all possible new stops we yeah. you know he's been to missoula of, now yeah, he's part of the frosting on both of those cakes actually. well he i mean if he likes it it's good enough to go that's why we did it so abraham brought us to missoula montana in yeah. january now do they even does the airport even open in january that oh, that place man. is a snow fest it's got to be the the smallest airport i've seen in my life it's tucson small but this is like where are we landing? Dave, they have thing. to like remove hay bales mm. just so the plane could land. That's how wow. small it is. It's so small. Yeah, okay. That that the food that you find in your seat is considered your in-flight meal. That's how Oh boy. That was that's, bad. That's that was how, really bad. <laughs> that's all I got. I mean, I really don't have much more. I well, mean, when when they give the announcements, the pilot just turns over his right shoulder and yells at you. That's how, that's how small the... <laughs> Nothing small about Alfredo Morales, El Hombre, winning WPH Outdoor 6, stop number 3 in Salt Lake City. He takes down Shorty Ruiz, Timbo Gonzalez, and Samson Hernandez on his way to the title. Alfredo unranked going into that tournament. Hadn't played a stop this year. He became the first unranked player to win a WPH Outdoor singles title. Denies Samson Hernandez his 14th. WPH Outdoor title, what would have been his fourth. That is what you call a segue. I mean, yeah, that that is, was that's smooth. one hell of a segue. Yeah. Now, how can a guy like Alfredo, who hasn't played much indoor, and you know how good Samson is indoor, but he just goes through the field. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a real athlete. Yeah. Now, he, he's he got that, and Abe, I know you've watched him too, but he's got no, that. He played out. against him. Abe played yeah. against him in small ball in Vegas. That's right. right. Yeah. Against was, you. That's right. How big is this handball community? Everything we do is you two guys. Yeah. He told me once in secrecy what to do when I play somebody. Secrecy? Did it work? It, it kind of did. Yeah. He okay. told me hit the ball 100 miles an hour, which I can't do. <laughs> so it didn't work. That would work against anybody, probably. <laughs> well, okay. We got nowhere there, but we can get somewhere talking about... Doubt it. We can get somewhere talking about the upcoming WPH initiatives, of which there are a lot. 
Pacific Northwest Regionals Junior Clinic and WPH sanctioned regionals with the USHA coming up this weekend, Dave, in Portland. That's going to be a great one. Our very good friend Nick Flores hosting that event. Dalton Beal and Cody Townsend are going to be coaching that clinic for college kids and junior players. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Vegas LTE Gold Cup three-wall ball stop. The weekend after. The weekend after. That's going to be a great one. There's going to be a lot of junior action there as well. We had last year a junior clinic and tournament there that weekend. A lot of fun. That's a great tournament. Abraham, you'll be involved in that Canadian Nationals Junior Clinic. Tournament director Merv Deckert, good friend of the WPH. Abe, you'll be working with Ryan Bowler and maybe even some other coaches on a great clinic up there. There's a lot of kids up there playing. The Fullerton Hotshots WPH Outdoor Stop Number 5 on this season. That's going to feature a mega junior clinic. What, what day is that? That's June 3rd. Southern okay. California at Craig Park. And isn't there a memorial tournament? I mean, an armed forces tournament that you're part of, Abe, here? That'll in... be the week before uh, Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And that'll be here in Tucson, Arizona. Right. I know it's not part of what you said, the WPH initiatives, but it is still here local. Yes, and, and Abe, will Abe's be Abe's in the house, and yeah, he's going to be part here. of that, too. We'll be... And I, apparently there's some kids coming down from Salt Lake City, I believe, for that uh, we're, we're hoping to get a couple Open. from Salt Lake City, some of the guys that were involved in the... In the Pro-Am thing on Thursday, the junior thing on Thursday night. So hopefully we got one signed up already. Ashton signed up. So. Okay. Um, WPH sponsoring the USHA One Wall Junior Small Ball Nationals, which is back. And WPH is helping with some of the expenses in that yeah, that's event. Cool. Yeah, Glenn Hall, Jared Vale working on that event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, when is that, when is that one going to be? That is... July? No, that's June 10th and 11th. Okay, that's Saturday right. and yeah. Sunday. Also that same weekend in Juarez... A lot of top pros heading south of the border. Mondo Ortiz, Sean Lenning. Abraham, will you be at that one as well? I'm going to try. I just got a message from Coach Richie about attending, so I'm going to think about it. The bigger yeah. question is, are you going to attend? I uh, wasn't invited. Oh, okay. So okay. Probably not. I don't go places where well, I'm not I, invited. I heard barrier. that you were invited. Um, the, show me the text or the email. The, the email said, you know... We should probably invite Dave Fink. That's what it said. Yeah. And as I do in my typical fashion, yeah. I won't let him off work. Right. For that. So that, there's your answer. USHA National is coming up. WPH has in the past broadcast there. Not sure if we are going to be able to do it this year, but we will be covering it regardless. We yeah, will I, have updates I think there's from a there. 50, 60, 70% chance we'll be there. But regardless, we will have updates from that event. It's going to be a great sure. one. Paul yeah. Brady's going to be there. Killian Carroll, Abraham, you'll be there. So, Abraham, this is really just your list. Paul Brady is trying right. to <laughs> tie Nadia Alvarado <laughs> Sr. Yeah, that's right. Second year that he'll try. Last year, he came within one point, one swing of tying him. Yeah. It's never happened before. 11-10 loss in the final. It was History. A, it was a choke swing, too. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Tough shot. What? Tough shot. No, he hit it. He hit it front wall, checked up on the side wall, and Killian rolled it out. Well, Paul Brady had to run back. It was a shot from no. about thirty-six no. feet. Thought it was a back wall shot. No, yeah, he was, but he was a tough very one, tense. Though. He was very tense. A back wall oh. setup? No, it wasn't a setup. Oh. It was he a ran setup. from the front court to the back court. The ball just barely came off the back wall. It's not one that's like, wow, this is a huge setup. You know? I just watched. I thought he was at the dotted line when he swung. I yeah, you're right. He was at the dotted line. Dave's totally messed up on this. I oh, actually no, watched actually, it the other day. I spoke to Vern Roberts about that, who thought that he also had a setup. He went back and watched it, and it wasn't a big setup. That's the one where Killian hit the the kind of fadeaway rollout to win. That's the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about match point when Paul okay. Brady had match point. Paul yeah, Brady led 10-9, served for it at the match, well, and didn't What I'm it. saying is if Paul does his typical Paul, yeah. then he gets a side out there. He goes back okay, to the well, box. I'm not talking about that rally. He said the last shot, so I'm just saying it was. Okay, I'm talking about the match point. Okay. Paul then he, Paul only served for it once at 10-9. 
he got taken out and Killian scored two in a row. Yeah, but he shouldn't have scored the last one. Is what okay. I'm saying. Paul right. should be serving okay. right that, now. That I can probably agree with. Right okay. Now. The WPH RFC nine. That's the longest running WPH event in history. Nine mm-hmm. straight years. Abe. But eventually, RFC will fall, separate his shoulder, and have to miss New Orleans. So it'll all work itself out to where mm. it'll stop it at some point. Okay. Um, Abe, I know you're thinking about going to that one. Yeah. The TRC All Sports Coaching. Abe, at- what percentage are you on the RFC? I we mean, Katrina Casey's 90% sure. She was 100% sure See, in now Salt you're Lake. jinxing it. No, I'm asking him what his you're percentage is. You're jinxing Katrina Casey. No, I'm not. She said I don't she, even bring her name up She was 100% she's... in Salt Lake City. A, a week later, went down to 95. Another week later, we're at 90%. I'm just asking. I don't... Hey, we're, this isn't about Katrina. Can we make something <laughs> I don't bring up her? names unless they sign on the dotted line. I'm asking Abraham what his percentage is right now. I want to see if it goes up or down next time I talk to him. Okay. Abe? It's my birthday weekend, so I don't know. Oh, that sounds like it's a 0% chance. I'd say 0. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. So that means it could only go up from here, right? I mean, why not spend a birthday in one of the greatest cities there is to spend it in, Abraham? Especially it's an all-expense-paid trip. Huh. I mean, imagine how many candles you can put on your cake <laughs> if you had not to worry about expenses. Wow. Well, you're twisting my arm. So now we're up, like, a percent? Five. <laughs> Five percent. Five percent. We're up five percent. Well, Eric Torres will be there. Well, as will Stephen Cooney. Ten percent now. Ten percent. Gavin McChrystal. Oh, it went up five. <laughs> okay. Gavin. TRC All Sports Coaching at the Tucson Racquet Club. That's our fifth summer there, coaching kids five clinics a day for ten weeks. That's gonna be fun. That'll be great. July eighth, the Junior WPH Mega Clinic and Tournament in Southern California. Details on that forthcoming. Can't wait. That'll for be it. soon. Can't wait. For it. Let's get into celebrity birthdays. You're the one doing. Actually, Abe does the birthdays today. So Great. Abe does not do the yes, birthdays. Yes, he does. Abe Thank just lists for a name no, he recognizes. This is totally you do. You're in charge of the birthdays. I don't have the birthday list. I can't so. pronounce half of these guys. Oh, well, you can try it. If you have any problems, we're here. Come and on. we'll start off with singer Willie Nelson turning 84. Wow. Who's Willie Nelson? Is he a country <laughs> singer? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh boy. Don't say actor. Uh, singer Michael Martin Murphy. Michael Martin, Martin Murphy. 79. Yeah. 79. He's saying Wildflower. It's hard for me to say, but that was the name of a horse oh, yeah. back in the late that's 70s. That's popular, right? Wildflower. Very yeah. popular. Yeah. Yeah. And then singer Bob Seger. Yeah, he's like a rock. Yeah. Is 72. He's one of the greats, right, How Dave? old are you? You act like these are like ancient names from hey, I, like uh, inscripted on a wall in Egypt or hey, something. Hey, check it out. I know this guy. Jerry Seinfeld. First guy I recognize. 63 years old. Actor Daniel Day-Lewis is 60 years old. Actress Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. 59. 59. 59. Don't do this quickly. She I was, was in Greece, to talk too. a little bit about Seinfeld. Well, oh, it's hard to talk about people you don't know. You, you, you know who know Michelle Seinfeld? Pfeiffer is, right? Every time I got frustrated when I was younger, like a young adult, I would just say to myself, you're in a forest with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, boy. I think <laughs> I should know. Yeah, that was, that was how I used to. Does like, she have handle. red hair? No. Nope. It feels like she should. She was in Greece, too. Huh. Country singer, Randy Travis. I told you so. 58. Who's this? George Clooney. He's funny, right? <laughs> Is he? I Is thought he, he a good funny? actor, Dave? I don't know. I, he's overly confident. I mean, I saw that Hell Caesar, and I just thought, what are you doing? I, I, I mean, this, yeah, you know, I thought he did a good job in that. I think, you know, when he's playing a certain role like that Ocean's Eleven thing, he's kind of cool and I thought he devious. was great in Oh Brother, Where Aren't Thou? But everyone I talked to was like, nah, don't like it. Well, he was great in Intolerable Cruelty with, um, yeah, that he was an attorney, and that was okay. Michael yeah. Douglas's yeah. wife. Kat, what's her name? Oh, you mean Catherine Zeta-Jones? That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Okay, moving on from Clooney. Week. Happy 56, Mr. Clooney. Former <laughs> NBA star Isaiah Thomas. Not, not the, the little one, yeah. but the other no, guy. No, he's little. Trust oh, me. Oh, he's little They're too? They're both little. Oh, man. This is I'd say Isaiah Thomas, the older one, the, the gentleman celebrating his 55th, the best player in NBA history under six foot. He's one of the best players of all time, well, yeah. regardless. But. but And the other Isaiah, by the way, is also named after him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, uh, he was awesome. Amazing. I mean, awesome. The bad boys. Yep. Who's this, comedian Anna Gasteyer? You don't know who she is? What? She's Come very on. funny. I don't know people under 30. Okay. Saturday Night Live, 50th, golden birthday. Congratulations. Tim McGraw, I actually know this person, country singer. 50 years old as well. You're doing so good at these birthdays. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and last but not least, probably Dave Fink's favorite. Actually not. Well, we're going to call him your favorite. Please don't. Andre Agassi, there it is. 47. Dave's Would favorite. Would he be like the tennis version of Sean Lenning with that hairstyle or not? <laughs> no. No, because no, Sean Sampras doesn't try guy. to cover it up. Sean doesn't try to cover it up. Agassi did. Well, I'm only covering this half, Dave Fink, I think. Oh, wait. Will, Will Arsenal. No, oh, I know that guy. No, Arnett. Oh, I got excited. I thought I knew somebody. Will Arnett, 47. Um, He's married to Amy Poehler. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, he is, is he? He's actually very dry. Wow. Yeah, it's very funny. Okay, Dave, Dave Fink, you want to take over? Dave, take over. Uma Thurman. Ooh. Kill Bill. Also in the recently released uh, Imposters. She's a guest star there on I that didn't watch Bravo that show. Pretty good show. I didn't like the way it ended, but it had a lot of great moments in the first four or five episodes. Okay, sounds so good. It, it, it's edge of your seat type of drama. I, I was working that day. And so suspense. I, I guess I didn't watch Eagle Eye Cherry, 46. Eagle Eye. 46. The highest paid actor in the business right now, Dwayne Johnson. Abe, you might know him as The Rock, 45 years old. He's a great wrestler. He's got a lot going on. Wrestling, acting, he seems to be everywhere. He also Sing. claimed to hit a 400-yard drive a couple of months well, ago. Some, he was recently in a batting cage, and I guess he hit two balls in a row that were over 440. What? I know. The, what is this guy like? No, he just says that, though. No, it's I, not I, documented. I it. That's what I heard. I'm just telling no, you. He's, he also said he hit a 400-yard drive, which most people on the PJ Tour have never even hit 350. He could throw us 100 yards. I think he could hit a goal. No, it's that. not the same kind of strength. I don't know. Okay. It's pretty scary. David Beckham is 42 today. Actress Ellie Kemper. Very funny. She is redheaded. I actually Unlike, think she is funny. I mean, like she's amazing. Yeah, she. Really I've is. always thought that. Yeah, great in Bridesmaids, but also great in The Office. Yeah, and it's too bad that Abraham doesn't know who she is. So, <laughs> I think you would know her if he saw her. Well, she's she's over thirty, so he doesn't. Jake know. Cutler yeah. is only thirty-four. Is that <laughs> right? Damn. Yeah, he's thirty-four. That's Kirsten right. Dunst also thirty-four. Which one do you think can throw a better spiral? Oh, sorry. Is that too soon? <laughs> Jake Cutler sucks. Let's Ow. just be honest. <laughs> he does, right? He's not great. Hey, how do you want to make your nice franchise not so nice anymore? Well, you only Cutler. have. I mean, who are you who are you going to take? I mean, Paul. Br- I mean, what? Tom Brady. I think Paul Brady. Peyton has a Manning. Uh, you know, all these top guys are already under contract. So what are you going to do? Just go with some journeyman? I mean, Jake Cutler's your next line of defense. Yeah, after. Let's, just, let's overpay a guy that can't win. But that's what that's what the going rate is. I mean, otherwise you're stuck with, you know, Manziel or Carson you know. Palmer. Sorry, yeah. Abraham. Hey, he had a good season, two seasons Carson ago. Palmer's a good player. Was. Yeah, he was. Let's get into some handball birthdays. Pete Tyson, who's introduced probably more players than anybody in history. He had a handball class at one time, you know, 400 players per semester playing at the University of Texas. He's 80. Jeff Heider. Signed his card. Yeah. Jeff Heider of the Simple Green U.S. Open staff and also the Simple Green staff. Great guy. 
in Southern California. He's 57. He looks better than M- Michelle Pfeiffer does yeah. at about the same age. Chris Flash Tohin, known for his... Cross body blocks. Yes. His nose punches, which, you know, we sat courtside to watch, Fred mm-hmm. Banfield and I, and that was... And me. Oh, you were there? I was. Sorry. <laughs> Dalton Beal, race freight top 20 pro, just recently qualified in Does, Salt Lake City. He's 28. Doesn't act a day under 10 years less than that. Jerome Santer from Canada. I'll tell you, Jerome drove 16 hours by himself last year each way to play in the RFC. 16 hours by That's himself. That's how good the event is. The what does your percentage go up now, Abraham, <laughs> knowing that? He went 16 hours. 16%? You're up to 16. That's a pretty damn good thing. We started here with a definite no. We're up to 16 less than three minutes later. Mm. I love it. Andres Cordoba, the younger brother of Luis and Daniel and future race for eight star, turns 12. He won the 11 under nationals. I know, Abe, he's a rival of your youngest prodigy, Aiden. You know, Aiden. Aiden Brew. He's 10 years old, so he's got two years on him. But, yeah, I think they're going to be seeing each other in the future. Yeah, definitely. Kara Mack. Haven't heard of her. No. What does she do? She is our what? She does movie junkets. She's interviewed Vince Vaughn, Brad uh-huh. Pitt, Tom Hanks. Every actor you can think of, she's sat beside. In she also interviewed movie. Jimmy London in one of the handball tournaments. So, next one. <laughs> and you never <laughs> say <laughs> a movie. No, I didn't. Let's just say that she's 29 years young. Today or this week. She looks great for her age or any age. And Sam Yessa. <laughs> he's a mighty 21 today. He's a, a nice ball player. Good good guy. That's like what him. they say in the business. Okay. I think semifinalists at the Collegiate Nationals this year. Yeah. It, that's it, right? That wraps everything up. Are we going to forecast anything? We're going to say goodbye to everybody? Is yeah. there anything else we need to do? I think we've hit just about everything. Abe, who do you have to say hello, thanks, uh, whatever you need to do for your sponsors? Pay homage. Is there anything for you? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the show for the second time in a row. Uh, it's been a pleasure sitting here with you guys, and I'm uh, glad I could give my input on some of these issues. Well, Abe, I Thanks. know how much you love Statch. You're the first two-time special guest. So, wow. Congratulations right. on that. That actually is pretty good stat. And much like Killian Carroll, the first two-time. I zoned out on 11 of these episodes. So right. <laughs> but Abraham's actually catching up. But Killian Carroll, the first two-time champion, but also back-to-back. Abe also went back-to-back with his two-time. Yeah, but so. he did not win the championship here in the booth on that first visit. Oh. That one went to you. Wow. You had a really good show last time. I know I didn't win anything today. No, you're, no, you took last place. <laughs> Too many tennis references will do that. Go to our website, wphlive.tv, to find out more. Schedule and... Uh, Look into the sport of handball. We have stories that we post daily. I think it's something like 1.675 stories are posted every single day. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Going through the website, wphlive.tv, you'll find the schedule, our ESPN broadcast for next year. We have uh, a bunch of cool stops coming up and some new things that we'll be shaping. And, you know, we're innovative, so we do new things. So get ready for that. Abraham from the Fred Lewis Foundation doing some good stuff. Get a hold at Abraham at abraham.montijo at Gmail. gmail.com. That's not the way I've been getting a hold of you. I, I've been using another but I, account. But I answer you anyways. You do, and I like that. Yeah. So I'm not going to migrate over to Gmail. But anyway, thank you for stopping in and talking about what you do with the FLF, but also helping us recap Salt Lake City. 
getting into a very awkward discussion about coaching, which never got resolved and obviously never will be. And Dave, Just don't change the rules. And, and also for the first half of the celebrity birthdays, you really should have taken the second half. But the first half went to Abraham. Yeah. Didn't do a good, very good job on that. No, he but lost. Still got points. the title though. No, he lost today. points, but he was still about fifteen points more than you. Oh, okay. Sorry, I mean no, that's no, fine. You know, I mean the points here don't matter. Yeah, but he still wins. <laughs> yeah. So have a great day, Dave. Dave Fink here. Thank Abraham you. left. iTunes, TuneIn Radio. Have a great one. Until next time. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes. How do you organize a space party? You plan it. Back on Earth, it's the Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast on TuneIn Radio and now iTunes.